This week's episode of the Orange Boy Inquiry, focusing on the brand new movie, Dune, now in theaters and IMAX, is brought to you by Landon Gwynn. <laughs> oh! For this oh. advertisement, we're going to ask a couple of our participants, Jared Cooksey and Lucas Coford, a couple oh, of questions about Landon Gwynn to see how well they know him and how well they <laughs> love him. So first of all, Jared, yes. what is Landon Gwynn's birthday? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, he strikes me as a, he strikes me as an October kind of guy. I think his birthday is today. <laughs> Halloween. None of the answers will be verified as correct or incorrect. <laughs> Lucas, what is the last thing that Landon Gwynn ate? Ooh, uh, oh, I know this one, I know this one, don't tell me. Ooh, uh, it was a McDonald, a McDonald. Oh, that's a good answer. Jared. Okay, okay. What is Landon Gwynn's most disturbing memory? <laughs> um, no, he, he may have shared this with me. At some point, um, but I mean, I don't, I don't feel, I, I know it. We like, of course, I know his most disturbing memory. I just don't feel like I'm at liberty to say. I think you should hear it from him, and I think that's what Landon would want. Lucas, what does the sound a Landon make? <laughs> okay, give me a second. Give me a second. I gotta make sure. I, I gotta make sure I do this one right. Jared, if you want to participate in this, uh, layer on top of what Lucas is doing, please. <laughs> Lucas, continue, please. I think it kind of goes... Alright, anyway, uh, Landon Gwynn, thanks for listening. We love you, Landon. Thank you for that, and welcome to the Orange Boy Inquiry, um, yep. where three of us boys that like orange inquire. Uh, I'm Niall. I'm Jared. Lucas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is already not going to go well. No, we got um, this. We've trained. Okay, so... Today, as you could see when you clicked on the episode, we are going to be uh, talking about Dune. But before we get to that, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Insert absurdly loud bagpipe song now. <laughs> <laughs> Atreides! Atreides! Um, 
Atreides. While while I know we're all really excited to talk about this, um, let's kind of cover some of our some of our uh, beginning of the episode uh, uh, stuff Shenanigans. to cover. Shenanigans. So first of all, what have you guys been watching recently? Hours oh, and hours of dogs jumping, <laughs> leaping, even. just dogs. Just all right. All right cool, dogs. Jared. What have you been watching? Yeah, that's a project he's making for his mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's into that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I have been seeing a lot of very good, fun stuff. Um, my one of my favorite little fall uh, shows is Over the Garden Wall. I don't know if you guys have Oh, I've never that watched that, but I've been told I need to. It is very, very short. It's like 10 episodes. Each episode is 12 minutes or something like that. So it's like super quick watch, but it is so, so good and absurd and very funny. Um, and so I watched that for the month of October. Um, and then other than that, just I watched a couple of Shyamalan movies didn't <laughs> don't know why I did that. <laughs> gotcha. But I watched this. I watched Signs, which is good. The Village. Um, I fun. watched because yeah, we haven't talked um, since like September about this stuff. Yeah. So I watched the Dark Knight trilogy again. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and then yeah, so a lot of really good content and some not very good content. <laughs> uh, but that's that's basically it. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently rewatching My Hero Academia for those anime fans out there. My Hero. Isn't there a My so, Hero Academia movie that just came out this weekend too? I think there was a movie that came out recently. I don't know if it was this this weekend or not. But I typically don't watch anime movies because they're, yeah. in my opinion, just more filler. Yeah, I've heard they're I horrible. Like my don't. okay, so a few months ago when there was like nothing in theaters. My dad just like had a night and he was like, I'm just going to go watch a movie. And he went to watch Demon Slayer movie and he was just like, <laughs> he, was like he was like, that, that's enough anime for me. He's like, I'll, I never have to watch anime again. <laughs> He's just like, Has he seen just the show? No, no. He was like, it's a movie. You shouldn't have to watch the show. It just like, it gives you no context. It's basically another episode. And so he just walks in. He's like, "Okay, well, that was stupid." And then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> well, very nice. Yeah, very nice. All right, um, what about you guys? I, so dogs. <laughs> I've been watching um, Silicon Valley. I've decided to uh, yes start that up. But the other exciting thing is we've talked about this a little bit on the show before, but Jared and I are really into a. Dungeons and Dragons uh, podcast oh, called yeah. Critical Role, and the new oh, campaign, yeah. Campaign Three, just started. So um, the second episode comes out on YouTube at least uh, on Monday, I guess today for the listeners, or yeah. you know, whatever day you're listening to this. It came out today, um, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that second episode. I've only seen the first one, of course, yes. but yeah, it's. Uh, if any it's fans a, are shaping up to be good, if you guys are interested in just learning about Dungeons and Dragons a bit, or just want to see it really well done, like just really good storytelling through the vehicle of the game, um, Critical Role is one of the most popular um, 
Dungeons and Dragons, or even one of the most popular streaming things like, at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, things ever. It's a huge deal. And so this is a brand new start to their campaign. You really don't need to have seen any of the other episodes. So if you want to get in on it, now's a great time to. Because yeah. it's way more daunting when you're like a hundred episodes behind. Yeah, yeah. And each oh. episode it's is like up took four me, hours. Yeah, it took me a year <laughs> to get through campaign two. Yeah. Yeah, so. But now that this new one's starting up, it's just like, yeah, one episode a week, that's not that hard at all, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm going to listen so I want to listen to this full one as it comes out, because I've listened to episodes of it. I've listened to a few of their one-shots, and just a few of the random ones, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to be yeah. able to listen to all of campaign one and two. So I'll yeah. just listen to three as it's coming out, which will be fun, because yeah. yeah. I... To segue into what I've been up to, I have started playing D&D somewhat regularly Ooh. with a group of friends of mine. It's always kind of just a scheduling hell, trying to manage the schedule yeah. of like seven That's other hard. people and meet up. But it is fun when we do manage to get together and play. It's, it's, a, lot of, it's a lot of fun. I love D&D, um, and it's been good to play it at a more somewhat consistent uh, schedule. Other than that, though, um, I've been watching really like TV show wise, nothing too exciting. I finished rewatching Parks and Rec, which I don't nice. know why I did, but I love that show and I just watched the whole thing again, I guess. I mean, I don't it's really so have much of an explanation for it. <laughs> no, it's just it's good. Just, good content. It's just good. It's just good, yeah. Um, and then I've been watching The Detroiters. Um, which is a show from Tim Robinson, who nice. is who oh, made a show called uh, I Think You Should Leave, which is a sketch comedy show. He was also a writer on SNL for a long time. It's fun. I've only watched. He's a couple also episodes. maybe a certified psychopath. Oh yeah, I love his humor. His comedy is so <laughs> absurd, which is right up my alley. Um, yeah, this month I have been just very busy with stuff, and so I tried. I, I, this was a foolish goal now, looking back. But at the end of September, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and watch a horror movie every single day and watch 31 horror movies. And I, of <laughs> course, did not do that because nope, I sure. cannot <laughs> watch a movie a day as much as I wish I could. Um, no. So I ended up watching, like, a few, but not nearly as many as I hoped I would have in Halloween time. But um, um, Yeah, I think this October was pretty good for my letterbox. Oh, yeah, same. I was kind of popping off. The thing that was nice about this month and part of why I haven't watched as many horror movies at my house is because there have been so many good movies that have come out in theaters all month. Like, since the beginning of the month, um, the new Bond came out, which I really enjoyed. And then um, The Last Duel came out, which I thought was good as well. Same with Halloween Kills, which I enjoyed. And then Dune, of course. Um, And then Last Night in Soho. And French Dispatch, which I haven't even seen yet which I am very look, much looking forward to that came out this month. Yeah. And then I'm the very beginning it. of October had something come out, too, that I... Oh. Oh, and then Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, of course, came out this month. Of course. Lest we forget. Oh, that yeah. movie. Which I did watch. Venom was but, not good. But it was not good. Uh, oh, it was frick, not What good. was it that came out October 1st? Maybe it was Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Oh, it was. That's what it was. It was. That then. is what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think um, so. And then, yeah, November has stuff I'm looking forward to, too. So a lot of movies I've been seeing in theaters, which is exciting because 
nice. went too long without ever yeah. seeing stuff in theaters. <laughs> Yeah. Well, honestly, I like when we were saying what have we been watching, I was glad that I had Silicon Valley to say because legitimately it feels like I've been watching Dune. It's been out for <laughs> a, a, basically a week and I've seen it three times. I think I have plans to see it a fourth this week. Like I just freaking love it, dude. Oh, I can't yeah. Oh, get yeah. Enough Me of too. watching this mm-hmm. movie. It, but it's fantastic. I'll throw uh, real- in that little bit. Real quick, well, we do. Oh, I I just thought of something. Or a thing to say. Oh no, I, I thought of something, because we all love D and D. We do. True. I would just be interested in hearing from the fans if there's any interest in an Orange Boys, either just D and D one shot podcast thing. Oh, that'd or be fun. Just like a Orange Boy D and D maybe mini campaign or something, but that, that could be, be kind of fun. That if would we could be put way that cool. together. Uh, have it, like, just have film themed. Yeah, have somebody kind of come into DM. We could honestly. I won't. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk later. We'll do a little talky talky. I've got someone who who would be great to DM it. Yeah. Is it your brother? It is not. Ooh, but it is a not. film student, who I think could help us. With exactly is it Jeremy Falcon? Want. It's Jeremy Falcon. Jeremy Falcon. Oh, but I love Jeremy Falcon. Oh, I love okay. Jeremy Falcon. Okay, now we can move on. But, like, please let us know, <laughs> like, by DMing us on Instagram, probably. Or just texting one of us. Yeah. Right yeah. now, while you're listening. Just my number is 111. I'm looking at my phone. Nothing's coming in yet. I don't think they want us to do it. Ah, uh, well. It's unfortunate. That's how time travel works, I guess. Yeah. Well, if you ever okay. want to text me, I never get texts. My actual <laughs> phone number is three. That's on that is forever now. Niles phone Please. number. <laughs> <laughs> Please text that number. I. I just want your company. I'm trying to I'm text so that, on. and it's not working. Can I get your social security number instead? Yeah, one, two, one. <laughs> no, one, one, one. Hey. one, two, one. Hey, also, uh, you're going to get a text really quick that's just like, hey, confirm this <laughs> code. Will you just <laughs> text me what numbers it says? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, one, one, one. Okay. One, one, two, one. One, okay. one, one, two, one, one. Okay, that's a long, oh, dang, that's a long one. <laughs> but we're good. Okay. Hey, do you guys have any news? I've got some. No, 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 no. <laughs> Jared, uh, how uninformed do you feel like you've been recently? Out of ten? Four. Out of ten. Four, four informed. Four informed. Okay, gotcha. So not Run very and fall. informed. <laughs> Run and fall. <laughs> <laughs> um, well... Here's some news. Uh, Eternals comes out next week. True, that is news. Its Rotten Tomatoes score is not good. Oh, no. (laughs) The lowest ever. It is the lowest Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, pre-release critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, no. Um, I was going to say, yeah, Niall, I know it's coming out. (laughs) Uh, that's unfortunate prompting 
prompting one of my favorite memes I've seen all year, which was, you know, the meme from Daredevil where he's screaming at Kingpin and saying, I beat you. Yeah. Yes. They had put on Kingpin Thor The Dark World, which has like 68% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. And then Eternals, which has like 61 oh, on Daredevil, no. yelling, I beat you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just think it's hilarious. Oh, boy. See, the thing that's wild as well is now it's at 60%. And if you're familiar with Rotten Tomatoes at all, you would know that 59% is rotten. And it's Seems like so almost still, an inevitability. It'll go down one more percent and become but it rotten. Is currently still, but fresh. it is currently fresh. <laughs> but that that is not. To, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is misleading because it's just a conglomerate. It's just binary. It's just positive or negative. It's based on. Yeah. So sixty percent just means sixty percent of people who watched it gave it a positive review, and so when something is like ninety-seven percent, it's not like oh the movie is ninety-seven percent good. It just means 97% of the critics who reviewed it gave it a positive review. That doesn't mean they didn't have anything wrong, like anything bad to say about it. They just overall liked it. So that is misleading about Rotten Tomatoes, but it's still interesting. And that is, if nothing else, it means it's mixed reviews, which is interesting. That of this one of all movies, of all Marvel movies, is the one that's the lowest. Because it's made by the most recent Oscar-winning director. Yeah. So it'll be uh, 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 Chloe Zhao. Close out. Yeah, um, so I'm excited to see it still. I still love Me Marvel, too. and I'm still going to see it this week when it comes out. But um, yeah. it's just very interesting that that, of all movies, is the one that's getting the most mixed reviews. Dang. Um, and my other piece of news, this is outside of... Um, well, I have one other piece of news that maybe Lucas is going to share. That No, I'm letting you... Whatever, whatever you want to share, you share topic. now, and I'll just fill in the gaps. But, <coughs> Here's what I was going to say. This is something that you definitely weren't going to share. And that is that on Tuesday, the GameFound Kickstarter-ish campaign for Skyrim the board game is starting. (laughs) Um, And you know that your boy Niall is going to be um, backing it at the highest tier because he wants all of that extra stuff. Has it released what you get? Yeah, so you get the base game, you get the Dawn Guard um, expansion. (laughs) You get an expansion in the board game as well. You you get the From the Ashes expansion. Uh-huh. Um, you get um, an extra miniatures set. You get real metal gold septums. Oh, nice. Uh, the, the, the coin currency. Yeah. Um, you, and they give you like this big rollout map so that you can play the game on like a bigger platform than the, the map that comes with the base game. Um, you get all sorts of stuff. Well, it's, I'll check that out. I'm so Little does Niall know that it costs ten thousand dollars to back the highest <laughs> yeah, tier yeah hopefully it, yeah because i actually don't know how much it costs yet so i might not back it at the highest tier but you know we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see what your uh bank account looks like the day yeah. it drops yeah exactly when the around straight it. up yeah he's got 35 dollars in his bank account and it costs 34 dollars he's gonna do it <laughs> let's do it yeah that's that's <laughs> me that's me right there Mm-hmm. So I actually was going to show that piece of news, and that was all I had. So, The Skyrim uh, one? Yeah, that was all I had. <laughs> That's fun. 
No, I'm just kidding. Well. Not really. <laughs> um, so we talked about Eternals coming out soon. But the one that we're really looking forward to, of course, is Spider-Man No Way Home. Do-do-do. Which yeah. there is not yet a second trailer out. Good, rumors, I want to see it. Rumors are brewing. Rumors are brewing that that trailer is coming out this week. So that would make sense <laughs> yeah. if it were to come but out with also, Eternals. with the track record of trailers and rumors for this movie. Horrible. <laughs> that second trailer Horrible. may come out after the movie. <laughs> true. Honestly. Yeah. Very Honestly, true. at this rate. And the thing is as well that's kind of brutal is there has been so much stuff that has been leaked yesterday specifically there was like all sorts of stuff i won't say specifically it's not really that much of a spoiler but it's just like spare me just all these pictures like set pictures of costumes and who knows how legit they are or not they very well still could be not true but or faked or something but some of them i see and i'm like that looks so legitimate like that just looks so real yeah um so we'll see what ends up happening with that but it's exciting if nothing else i'm very much looking forward to it um and then hawkeye comes out in a few weeks as well so that's exciting the hawkeye show starts in three weeks um which will be cool it's kind of a christmas special thing um the first two episodes come out Trailer came out between last episode and now. Uh, did it? I, I think. thought we mentioned it last time. Maybe. I think we I'm did sure. mention it, and I still have. Oh crap! I suck. No, I suck okay. at this podcast. I I forgive you, but only because you give me money. So. That's true. I pay both of them to be on this podcast with you. <laughs> true. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. an absurd amount. Like you would crap your Straight pants if you knew how much it yeah, was. Like seriously. It's there's so, a reason he anyway, only has thirty five. Needless to say, yeah. Lucas and I will be buying the Skyrim board game. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, which makes me at least kind of feel like I'm buying the Skyrim. Yeah. Board. Well, you yeah. are. It's your money. You technically, are. it's your money. <laughs> and the suit's not cheap. You want to know? You bought it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's. Uh, I'm trying to think of other Marvel DC stuff. Oh, DC Fandom happened as well. I don't know if you guys care oh, yeah. or know what that is. A lot of new trailers out of there. So a Flash trailer, like a kind of teaser thing. There's a Black Adam little teaser, uh, the Batman full trailer, which was really cool. Yeah. That oh, looked that awesome. trailer, man. That, that was a really good trailer, too, because it revealed basically nothing about plot or anything. Yeah. It was just kind of some cool mm-hmm. sequences like, and like, don't shots. Don't even see Paul Dano. No, yeah. And that's which my problem with the, with the No Way Home trailer. Is that it's like, No Way Home's coming out, here is the plot of the movie. Yeah. 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 But I think, I don't know, Marvel's good at well, misleading, that's, so I, I, I think also think that's also that, that could just be like the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. No, straight up, it's should, gotta be, you know? except for the, yeah, even with the Doc Ock thing, because it's yeah, like, it's kinda like, that could happen game. immediately, like, you know? Yeah. Like how in yeah. Endgame, the trailer that, was literally the first act of the movie. It yeah, just and they don't show like anything. The, yeah, it's so yeah. cool. And so, and they, uh, John Watts, the director of Spider Man No Way Home, the, all three Spider Man, um, was had an interview this week and was like, um, "Yeah, this is basically Spider Man Endgame." So, it's interesting. We'll see what happens. I, this is not at all based in any sort of real, um, 
rumor or anything. This is just kind of my own personal... I, this is not necessarily what I hope happens, but this is what I think will happen. Um, I think that Tom Holland's Spider-Man is going to get pulled out of the MCU and taken into a separate universe so that Sony can just independently make Spider-Man movies and Venom and Morbius and Craven and whatever junk. Even though those movies are bad and the Spider-Man movies are good, I think that Sony's going to be like, all right, well, thank you for letting us leech off the MCU, pull Tom Holland out as the established character and then not have him in the MCU anymore and just have him be separate. Which, in theory, is fine because I think Spider-Man works very well independently of other characters and it would be cool to see him without having to deal with Doctor Strange and Iron Man or whatever. But at the same time, it's I big don't really trust Sony to be the one to do that because they've not proven themselves. Other than Spider-Man 1 and 2, but that well, was literally if, 20 years ago. So. If they can replace him and just put Tobey Maguire back in his, on his rightful throne. Yeah. yeah man. That would be, Tobey honestly, Maguire if they pulled Tom Holland out, right? They made a Spider-Man 4 or whatever, and then they also made a Spider-Man 4 with Tobey Maguire, like separate, just like in oh. his universe. Yeah. Like, can you imagine mind. how cool that yeah. would be? If Sam Raimi came back to direct his Spider-Man 4. That people would watch it, too, is the thing. Years. People absolutely would watch that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be so awesome. And the thing is, any Spider-Man movie you make is going to make money. That's why Venom makes so much money. Because he's yeah. similar enough to Spider-Man. He's in the Spider-Man universe. You can't detach him from Spider-Man, even though they did. But in your mind, you can't. So he's going to yeah. make money. Like, yeah. any Spider-Man-related property is just going to make a ton of money. So it's like... Speaking of Venom, didn't you like in Let There Be Carnage when Carnage said the line, Let, Let There, there be, be Carnage? Did you guys see it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. What, you think oh. I'm not going to watch Venom 2 Let There Be Carnage in theaters on I'm opening I'm sorry. Night? I mean, I really did not know what to expect. Dude, it was bad. It was yeah. bad. But... Not as bad as the, the first one. The credit scene though. was cool. <laughs> yeah, true, really? actually. The I end credit was scene was like... Than the... <laughs> the end credit scene felt like, oh, wow, this uh, feels like it was not made by the people who made the rest of this movie because it was actually cool right. and fun and good. Right. Because it wasn't made by the people who made the movie. Ah. <laughs> because... Because of things. Because of things. All right, well... Anyway, so yeah, that's pretty much it for news. Though? I'm sure there's some other glaring thing. Oh, last thing. Uh, Boba Fett starts December 29th. So the Book of yes. Boba Fett TV show first episode airs very last Wednesday of December. So, so that'll be awesome as well. Um, and that's, a, that's a what we got for you. That's a what we got. You said a spaghetti. Giuseppe. You said Giuseppe. He <laughs> am my friend. Hey, so you guys, have you seen (laughs) Dune? Have you seen Dune? I have seen it. I have. I have seen it. I saw it it with you. Did you forget? Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Thrice over. Yeah, we all saw it together, remember guys? Thrice over as well. Oh. He's watched it the way because Jared and I went without him. Dude, I invited you to hang out. And you were like, no, I got drum stuff. Who, me? Lame. Yes, you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course you. Who else does drum stuff? Oh, I thought you were talking about Niall, who also does drumline at UVU. Right. Oh, right. Every every boy. That you both are one of the green boys. 
Yeah, the green. Green man. Green man group. See that that kills me. That there's a character in It's Always Sunny named, well, not really a character, but Charlie <laughs> yeah, has yeah, the yeah. green Charlie, man yeah, suit. Persona. It's the exact <laughs> same thing. We literally call ourselves Green Man and wear that exact morph suit, and it's just <laughs> so funny to me. That's great. Um, but yeah, I was drumming. But what did you guys think do. of Dune? Loved it. Uh, loved it. Love, love, loved it. Favorite yeah. movie of the year. It yeah. It seriously was. It lived up to every hype yep. imaginable. Like it really yep. was uh, a spectacle um, on in scale and just like design in every aspect of the design of the movie. Um, it it really was one of the most like formative movie experiences that I will have. Oh just yeah, in my yeah. life, you know, Seriously. seeing that movie in theaters is is yeah it so was amazing something in else. imax nonetheless yeah imax we did see it in imax <laughs> wait did you two actually see it together movie, we did yeah. actually see it together oh dang it <laughs> not for the first time i saw it for the first time up in logan with some of my yeah yeah movies. yeah whatever and then yeah and then the day after you saw it the first time right now yeah we yeah we watched it together with two other fans of the show samuel and megan stewart Oh, it was it was two days after I saw it the first time. Two days after, but either still, way, yeah, it was a good Samuel little group. Stuart, we love you guys. By the way, thank You'll you. Get your own ad for the show at some point, probably. <laughs> hey, if we did a we if we did a fan ad for every fan we have, one ad, we would be done We'd have next four week. Four ads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we uh. Yeah, dang it! Stupid drumline. I yeah. wish I could have gone to see a movie with you guys. Bro, we'll go see it. Spider-Man's during the holiday season. Let's, True, let's go see actually. That together. True. Let's all oh, go let's see that together in IMAX. Oh, yes. Because here's the thing, and I want to say this now. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie in IMAX before. I assumed every movie was in IMAX. <laughs> I thought that just <laughs> meant the resolution was better. No. That was an experience. Like it yeah. seriously was the the sound and the size of the screen matched so cool. the the size and scale of the movie. And so it just made for like these stunning, amazing visuals, but seeing like in like this massive screen. And then what's really cool is it's so loud. Um and like all the explosions really hit you and you're like, Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. And then when it's quiet it is like dead and everyone's yeah. holding their breath in the theater. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's how movies should be watched. At least those, those types yeah. of spectacle Dude yeah. is the movie for IMAX. It absolutely is. Oh, it yeah. was totally mm-hmm. made for it, which is why it's such a bummer that you can just watch it at home on HBO max. <laughs> I know. I, know. I And I, there are so many people who I'm like, have you gone to see Dune yet? And they're like, well, I have HBO max. And I'm like, Oh, you're like, missing no. it. You're missing it. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're seeing it at home, but that's still not the right way, you know? Yeah. Um, so if you guys, if you listeners haven't seen Dune, we do highly recommend you go see it in theaters. And if you can see it in IMAX, try to do that. But also, going forward, we want to have a very open discussion about things we loved about the movie, things we yep. didn't so much love. 
so please know this is a spoiler warning. You know, we we want you to be able to see it. I know the story's been around for a long time, and this is the second iteration of a movie. Um, but, and I think there was a TV show, if I'm not mistaken. Back in the I day? The, back Maybe. in the day. I think so. But I haven't seen yeah, it. Anyway. there was. James McAvoy was Paul Trades actually. There you go. Really? Yeah. So just... Keep that in mind as we okay, continue. Okay, so with, be cautious, because with that Dune recommendation, I would highly, highly um, dissuade you from watching any other feature or filmed version of Dune. Yes. The movies, <laughs> any of the movies they've made or any of the other TV shows or any of that junk, just skip it. Especially because it'll just give you a tainted image of what Dune should be, which is this new yep. movie. And honestly, like, I, I read that book for the first time in high school, the first one, and it's so good. It's honestly one of my favorite books, and it has been a while, honestly, since I've seen a movie that I had read the book for and, like, really been excited for the book adaptation of, like, the movie adaptation of a book that I really like. Honestly, the last time was probably Harry Potter um, with, yeah. a mo- like, a book that I really, really liked. Seven Part 1 and 2 does a really good well. Or does does a really good well. Nice. Does a really good, well, good, done, good job. It does. um, Well done. Really, like, staying true to the book. Yeah. So you can basically read the seventh book and then watch the movies, and it's scene for scene, chapter for chapter. Which is awesome. From what I've heard, Dune is like that, and you guys can speak to that better. Yeah, which is what I was going to kind of talk about is seriously like going in like from the trailer everything in the trailer is like wow this is going to be such a good adaptation and then going in and actually watching it like you're watching the book play out and it's so cool because there's not like seriously there's not a single thing that happens in the movie that does not happen in the book a lot of the line wow excuse me that was a fat (laughs) (laughs) scrap the whole episode calm down Uh, I'm just so excited about my movie, Dune. It's so good. I just am burping. Um, (laughs) Yeah, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, see you next week. That's been the Orange Boys. Yeah, all right. No, anyway, so a lot of the lines in the movie are direct lines from the book as well, which is awesome. Um, And so because of that as well, as I was watching it, I knew it was two and a half hours, right, going into it. And so as I'm watching, I'm like, okay, I was just like, as it was nearing the end-ish, I was like, man, where are they going to end this movie, like, in the book? Because if you are not unaware, they are making a Dune Part 2, which is the second half of the first book. So this movie is the first half of the first book, and they're going to make the next half of the first book, which comes out in October 2023. Um, That was actually going to be my other piece of news, was that Dune Part 2 was not confirmed to be happening until um, this last week because the studio wanted to see how the part one did before they funded part two. Which is insane to me. That's so crazy. How big the budget is for this one. And it's so good, too. It's so legitimately good, yeah. It's so amazing. And people have been loving it, is the thing. It's been doing phenomenally critically. Um, And just, like, people who are unfamiliar with the book at all, like Jared, um, and most people... um, like Niall has read most of the book and I, I have read the book and I love I've, it I've because of that. I've read what is in the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, it was amazing to see it like committed to screen, but also for new fans who knew nothing about Dune, 
um, this like seriously feels like it could be the next like franchise that we have around for the next few years, which is awesome because it, again, I love the book so much. So it's cool to see how well it's doing and how much people are liking it and just how cool this new world is that they've crafted. It'll be cool to kind of stick around in it for a yeah. while. Well, and that's another thing is that, um, I think the most apt comparison I could come up with for how this movie feels is it for me it elicits a lot of the same kind of feeling as Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, oh absolutely. Where it's just like okay, this is the start of it and it's long. And I was actually talking to my brother about this um this week. It has a strange arc in mm-hmm. terms of like movies, like act one, act two, act three, and the big climaxes in act three. Mm-hmm. Like the really climactic battle happens exactly. at basically the midpoint of the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then after that, it's like... <clears throat> not really winding down, but it's just much more like kind of tension and like, crap, what's going to happen next? Yeah. And yeah. then I could, I could honestly imagine a complaint from somebody who was like half paying attention to the movie mm-hmm. that they could just kind of feel like the movie just kind of ended. Yeah. Yeah. Just like at a random point. And it's like if you're paying attention, that's not really what happens, you know? Yeah. But the the arc of the movie is very much different than, you know, your standard film arc. Yeah, it was it was very deliberate, the point that they ended in. It wasn't just like, yeah. all right, let's choose like page two hundred and eighteen and then just end there. Right. And it's like, okay, we got there, let's finish here. Like it, it makes a lot of sense for them to end here because they establish the world, they introduce the characters. And like kind of the little like need to knows for the universe, and then so the next one is really when Paul gets going. The next ha- the second half of the book is where Paul really kind of grows into his, um, you know, his birthrights that the Benny Gesserit yeah. mother kind of describes. And hopefully, well, I'm sure in the second part of the movie they'll have like the Fade Rautha character yep. there yeah. from the book. They have yeah. to. Yeah, of course. But he um, wasn't even present in this first half. Which works as well. as. Yeah. So That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Here, we'll try to steer away from no, the No, no, that's, no, that's totally fine. Movie. I was going to say with the Fellowship of the but Ring, yeah, Fellowship, it's kind of like perfect comparison. the Minds of Moria scene. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. How that's kind of like the biggest thing. Yep. Or whatever. Like, yep. this huge climactic dungeon and then the battle in the woods afterwards. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, yeah, like that. That definitely kind of cool. But not as... It's yeah, yeah, not the scale <laughs> yeah. by any right. means. It's but it it's is the the importance it's... of what's happening in it's... that fight. Exactly. Yeah. It's still and... intense. It's still moving the story forward, and you know, with this is all building up to something way bigger. Yep. And again, with spoilers, um, in that end battle in Dune, or near the end, in the kind of catacomb thing. Not really catacomb, like the underground sand thing, when yeah, the, Duncan Idaho it. fights off all those guys, um, they and then he dies as well. That I literally was talking to one of my friends that I saw it with. He's like, "That's just like Barmir in um, Fellowship," yeah. and it is, it is, because it happens to say he does it to save the other characters. And seriously, like when he stands up and pulls the sword out of his own chest and keeps so, going yeah. at it, that was so awesome. <laughs> that was so Amazing. cool. Um, so and I that, did like I, the, uh, the vision, you know, cause I obviously, I yeah. don't know the story. And so I think uh-huh. the visions really worked super well. Yeah. It's like, well, and you know, 
like Another that showed like he knows something's gonna happen and right you don't really know when that's gonna play out or if that is gonna play out or how it's all gonna work and then you see at the end right yeah um and that's that's kind of an interesting thing I think one of my favorite things about the movie is <clears throat> and I, I've kind of got a lot to say on this topic so feel free to interrupt because I might I could just go off for a while go off but. Kyle. They do a really good job of in this movie making it feel like you are reading the book. Yeah, because they it really feels do. like exactly the same. Like, for example, um, in the movie or in the book, it tells you a lot of stuff that's going to happen before it happens. Yep. Um, like for example, and once again, big reminder, spoiler warning. Um, in the book, it tells you in, like, one of the chapter headings, because they have, like, these little chapter headings that basically, like, are from in-world, like, texts that were written, like, after the events of Dune, kind yeah. of, like, reflecting back on what was happening. And uh, one of them mentions Yue the Betrayer. And so you're like, oh, okay, so Dr. Yue is about to betray everybody. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then they reveal the Betrayer stuff... Like, people in House Atreides know that there's a traitor, but they don't know who it is. And even though they the book told you UA is the betrayer, you're still kind of like, but is he? Is yeah. it someone else? Like, they do a really good job of kind of making you wonder, right? Even though they've told you exactly what's going to happen. And the same thing is, like, with those visions that Paul gets, they don't really talk about this in the movie too much. But as the story progresses and as he kind of gets exposed to the spice a little bit more, he starts to develop a, a power of like, I can't remember what they call it in the book, but like basically just like brief foresight. Like he yeah. can kind of see ahead and like determine if I were to make this action, these yep. this would, would be happen the possible or could outcomes. happen. Yeah. And, and there are a couple of like, kind of implications of that with the visions and I like how they also kind of do that with um, the the voice yeah and oh like I thought they when, did the voice when really they're well. compelled by the voice you're seeing what they're imagining they want to do like when he walks in to talk to the reverend mother for the Gong uh -huh. scene and she says come here and you see him like well no she doesn't even say anything but he, like, you see a shot of him walking forward, and then it cuts, and he's still at the door and hasn't moved yet. But yeah. it's like you're seeing, like, what he's being compelled to do. Mm -hmm. And, it, like, that is, like, straight out of the book. And it's just, it's really cool that they do a lot of those things and even stick to a lot of the really nitpicky lore of Doom oh, yeah. without ever explaining it. Yep, they do a very, very good job of that. Honestly, like... Like I was saying, you can enjoy the movie without reading the book, but if you have read the book, it just is euphoric. Because it's yeah. seriously so, so faithful. They do such a good job of making sure that every little thing that needs to get in... And honestly, my only complaints really of the movie are because I'm familiar with the book um, and with Dr. Yue, I would say that is the one thing that um, I wouldn't... Because they, they do it well, again. But I think that they... Because in the book... His, like the traitor, who the traitor is, is a lot bigger. Like it's there's a, a lot more. Deal. It's a huge part. And it just, they obviously, it's a, you have to get through stuff. And it's already a very long movie. Um, but they don't spend a ton of time like, okay, who's the traitor? Like who's the spy? 
um, because a lot of it in the movie too is a lot of people think it's Jessica, and so a lot of people um, become book. cold towards her and blame her, and even the repercussions ended up. People still think it's her, um, but with him, I thought they could have waited a little bit longer to reveal who it was and maybe fleshed that out a little bit more. But again, yeah. that's just getting really into the nitty gritty because right. there was a lot you had to put into this movie. That, um, and then one other thing which is relevant, like significant in the book, which is that Jessica and Leto, um, which is Paul's dad, are not married, um, which he mentions, um, uh, Oscar Isaac's character, Leto, yeah. He just says, I should. He's like, I should have married you. Yep. Which I'm glad they had at least something in it, but it's a huge part of, what's well, it's like a huge part of their characters that they're not married because he is a Duke and by him remaining single, um, the other like royal houses can always, in the back of their mind, be like, well, we could always have our daughter marry him and then mm. we could like, there's the like political yeah. aspect of him remaining unmarried. And so... Obviously, that's kind of a lot to get into, but a lot of those dukes from the other houses or barons do have concubines, quote-unquote, which is what Jessica technically is. But the thing with him is that he legitimately loves Jessica, and he like he wishes, kind of at the end of his arc um, in the movie and his life, essentially, as well, is that he would have married her because he legitimately does love her. He has two children with her, um, and... Sorry, obviously Paul's the only one in the movie, but as Paul mentions as well, she is pregnant, um, which is a big part of the second half as well, which is cool. Um, but that, again, super nitty-gritty. Otherwise, like, I thought it was... Even just, like, the stuff with the Mentats, which is Dufir Hawat, which is the guy with the little... Uh, his, like, the, the guys whose eyes go white as they, like, calculate stuff. Those guys are, like, human computers. They don't really explain that in the movie, but it's really cool seeing it because it's like again straight out of the book, so it's cool right. having that. Yeah, stuff. it's and also so, I like how in some of these like big world building movies they don't have to explain it. Exactly. Get like oh this guy has some power that allows yep. him to see or gather information yep. or something right. like that. But just the yep. fact that they don't have to say like oh yeah he's your human computer brain really helped us out with that one. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they trust the audience a lot, which <laughs> I yes, appreciated so that's much. It makes thing. it feel so big. Yep. Just the world of Dune, though, like in the book and in the movie, it's so well developed from the very beginning. Absolutely. And, and they don't tell you this stuff. Like, for a lot of this information, you need to go into the appendix of the book to even learn about what it is. But, like, the in the world of Dune, there is no artificial intelligence and, and computers because um, of a big war that happened where basically, like, they blamed artificial intelligence and computers for what happened, and so they became outlawed. So they genetically crafted, just the same as when Jessica's talking about um, forming the Kwisatz Haderach, like yeah. the, the, the... The chosen one. Um, <laughs> the chosen one of the, the Bene Gesserit. The names are amazing. Yeah, the, the names are so Kwisatz cool. Haderach. The, uh, when, Jessica. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did yeah, exactly. Paul. Paul. Um, they yeah. they basically created these people called Mentats that are human computer brains, and and like that's like um, David Dastamalchin's character, Peter Devree, is Piter. one of those. But for Peter, well, it's yeah. Peter. I read it as Peter, so sorry. Well, you're um, wrong. I know. But, um, 
I, like there are so many little things like that that the movie still nails. Like another thing is with the Chris knives, how it's part of the Fremen culture that like if a Chris knife is unsheathed, it needs to draw blood. Yeah, like that's like part of the thing. And so at the end in that fight, when all of the Fremen have their Chris knives drawn while the duel yeah. is happening, before they put them away, they they lift up their gloves and just kind of like ah. give themselves a little yeah. cut and then put it oh, away. I love it. It's like it's just so the cool. little things like that. They I just didn't even know they that. nail it. It's it's very very fascinating. Yeah, and they don't explain that in the movie, but they still do it because that yeah. is the world of Dune. You also understand, like let's say I. I'm watching this movie from the lens of Paul, who doesn't fully understand, I assume, like, his... Right. Like, he obviously researched it, and he showed that in the movie, like, the culture and the people a little bit, but just, like, the fact that it is very foreign still to him, it feels foreign to me. So, I mean, it, right. it yeah. really works yeah. out. It's cool. I'm, yeah, it works really well having a main character who is unfamiliar with the world, and then you learn through his eyes, which is what Harry Potter does really well, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think this does a, like, a good job of it as well because you kind of learn about Arrakis because he's obviously never been there. And that's just kind of where the story is taken as um, Paul is shown this whole new world and he's introduced all these new concepts and ideas and characters um, as we are too. So it, it works. It's a, good, uh, it's a good format in doing that. Again, I'm just so looking forward to the second part. And he also mentioned, you know, going along with kind of Lord of the Rings parallels. I absolutely think that um, this could be the Lord of the Rings of our generation because he talks about how now that the second part is confirmed, he would love to do a third part as well, which is do Messiah, which is the second Dune book. Do Messiah. Um, which would be really Oof. cool because that, that movie you could absolutely do in one movie. Like that book you could do in one movie. And then the other books after that you could adapt, but they're not as But yeah, I mean, if good. it's big, you still, you could get, like, hobbits out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like and the, the thing uh, is, the at the end of the day, it's... Once you have the the lore and everything established, you can really pack a lot of the story in a lot easier into the one movie. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be cool to see Dune Messiah made as well, if Dune Part 2 does well, which I'm sure it will. Um, because right. truly, I think this could be the Lord of the Rings of this, you know, decade. Because... Yeah of like the 2020s and it's the beginning of the 2020s too just like Lord of the Rings is the beginning of the 2000s um, yeah. Do you guys and think, I think uh, I think this movie will only get better with time like people will look back on it even higher like with even higher regards yeah. as people have done with Lord of the Rings so do you think this could be nominated for best picture yes I, I do know I legitimately I do think it just, will be well you look at Honestly, based on even not with how good Dune is, just look at what else has come out this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And like, what is going I mean, to come out? Because I bet French Dispatch will get nominated as well. Because um, Wes Anderson, I I haven't seen it yet, but I'm very much looking forward to it. Wes Anderson just typically, he can get nominated pretty easily because his yeah. movies are generally yeah. good and the type of things that the Academy nominates. But this is not as much something that the Academy would nominate. But Arrival, which was yeah. also Denny, got nominated for Best Picture as well. So mm-hmm. it would make a lot of sense if this did. It would be very, very dumb if it didn't. And honestly, like honestly, I think it has a good shot at actually winning if it gets nominated. Because um, yeah. it's doing really well commercially and critically with fans and just with like critics. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I might watch the Oscars this season. Yeah. yeah, really. Honestly, that's the thing. No one watches the Oscars because there's never any movies they've seen in them. But 
if they want people to watch the freaking show, they gotta nominate movies that people care about. Seriously. And this is one that I think should get nominated. There are a couple <laughs> others that I'm predicting will be, but we'll see. Right. They're not out yet, so. Well, Lucas, you said another thing that I think, because having seen the movie three times, yeah. <laughs> well, The Eternals, I'm um, sure they wanted to get nominated, but I don't right. think it will be. We'll see. No. We'll see. Maybe it's really yeah. good. Maybe it's really we'll good. We'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> but I, I do think that Dune is gonna get better with time, this yeah. movie. And I yep. think that it's just because there's so much in this movie that, like, you really benefited on a rewatch. Like, you watching do. this yeah. movie again, it it's very, very nice. And so I think I know a lot of people that um, – not a lot, but I've, I've known some people who left this movie thinking, well, that was long and mm-hmm. confusing and I didn't really mm-hmm. get what happened, you know? Yeah. And honestly, understandable. It is a really long movie. It uses a lot of terminology that you're not even supposed to understand what it means. Like, there's a lot, a lot going on in this movie. They really don't hold your hand much. But I would say, if you had a hard time with it the first time watching it, give it another chance. See it one more time. And just, (coughs) you know, kind of breathe and let it happen. And, and just pay attention to the relationships between the characters and everything else kind of falls into place because it really, like, even me who I knew the story and I understood it very well on the first watch, second and third watch, it's like, it's, it's like a wine. It just gets better with age, you know? Like, the more you experience it, the more you're like, oh, this movie actually is, like, really something special. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I want to ask you this. I know we're gotta gotta wrap it up here soon yeah um but i i have who i think is was my standout performance at least who i'm i think is going to stick with me the longest but you guys i mean you guys know these characters and you had ideas of who would play them i guess maybe before or as you were reading it or like imagined them so i want to know if there were characters who like just nailed it um or like who's your standout like going forward um Um, you know I'll let you guys go because honestly, I was very, very skeptical of Timothy Chalamet when I heard he got cast mm-hmm. as Paul, but he nailed it. He was so good. He was so like he was good. amazing. Like he's exactly who needed to play that role, and I'm yep. sold. I'm very much sold yeah. on him. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was I, actually. Some... Sorry, go ahead now. Were you just going to talk about the video of Denis Villeneuve breaking down the Gom Jabbar scene? No, there's another one. I still haven't got to that one. But he basically, he praised Timothy for yeah. being able to, like, have... He's, like, he looks... He's very... He's, like, what, 23 now? Or 22? Something like that. But he... He's not very old. Looks very young still. Yeah. On camera. Yeah. And the fact that he has this, like, like air about him where he's just very mature, like, mentally, and he has eyes, Denis was saying, that was, like, right. you just see experience in yeah. his eyes. And that, like, was a perfect casting for Paul because yeah. he's, like, this 15-year-old who just can see way more than everybody else and just understands yeah. things in ways that other people don't. Well, in the in the video where he breaks down the Gom Jabbar scene, he says this was one of the first scenes we filmed. Uh, for the mm-hmm. listeners, the Gom Jabbar scene is the put your hand in the box, what's in the box pain. Um, he said that was like the first scene that they filmed, and he, 
was still kind of nervous about his casting decisions yeah. until they filmed that scene with like Jessica and the Reverend Mother and Paul, and he was like, "Okay, yeah, these are the right choices." Yeah. Yep. You know. Um, yeah, that's it's but, crazy that that was the first day too. That's like yeah. such a yeah, so nuts. That's well, the first in the book. Isn't that the first chapter? That's the first chapter of the book. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, and that so, was something I appreciated as well as they really fleshed out um, Duke Leto a lot more. Well, not a lot more, yeah. but they gave him time. Because if they would have put the whole book into one movie, he would have barely been in it. And so it was cool how long they stayed on Caladan and how long he was around. Because yeah. it also makes you care about him and more when he dies. Um, <laughs> that was going to be my standout performance was Oscar Isaac. Yeah, He was just like, in reading the book and understanding like the values of that character... Um, and who Duke Leto is, mm-hmm. I like nobody would have done it quite like Oscar Isaac did it, and in just like the most oh. loving, fatherly character. He is, in, he, um, he's just such a good actor. Perfect. I seriously yeah. love Oscar Isaac. I'm super looking forward to him being in Moon Knight, um, which yeah, is an upcoming dude. Marvel TV show, and I'm sure he'll come around in other movies and stuff. But Oscar Isaac, seriously, every single thing I see him in, I'm like, I love him so much. He's such X-Men a good actor. Apocalypse. Including X-Men Apocalypse, you know? It's not as bad as people say. Whatever, <laughs> Niles. Um, but the thing I was going to say is that with watching this and other things recently, I just realized, like, they wasted his character in Star Wars so hard. They did. Like, he Very is hard. such such a good actor. And he's really good in Episode 7. Honestly, I still really like him in Episode 7. But in 8 and 9, he's just... They waste such an amazing actor. Um, Yeah. But with kind of the director talking about stuff, there's a podcast, like an episode of a podcast, and you can look it up on YouTube as well, where he sits down with Christopher Nolan, um, and they talk about the movie. Wow. So they watch it. um, It's just... Right after they watched it, it's like in a auditorium and basically Christopher Nolan is just a Q&A it's just them two talking and they just talk about the movie he talks about um, how it got made and it was it's super interesting it's only a half hour though that was my only complaint that it wasn't very long but it's super <laughs> awesome um, obviously because Christopher Nolan is another huge sci-fi legend um, and just movie making god in general and so right. it was cool to hear them talk about it um, and how much you know passion Denny had for it and how much he wants to make the sequels um, and everything. So it, that was really cool. I would recommend looking that up as well if you're interested in learning more about kind of the process behind the movie. Um, I will all throw in my um, standouts. Yeah, I think Oscar Isaac was my number one. Yeah, uh, I totally Really, agree. really like, yeah, I, I cared about that character the moment I saw him and I that, and everything he did reinforced that. Um, mm. But other than him, it was, uh, I don't even know He's like the Skarsgård, Stellan. Stellan Skarsgård as as the Baron. Oh yeah, yeah. He was creepy. Yeah, so he was creepy. in the he best was. ways. He, really was. he was so good. Oh, like which is a just... really difficult character, honestly. If you read the book, <laughs> it's a weird, hard character to translate to the screen and make like intimidating and creepy at all. But they I'm do such sure. a good job. And he, yeah, he does such a good job at that performance. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like he's only in it for a bit. And I'm, I'm sure or hoping at least we get more um, right. in the second part. I don't, I don't know what's to come. 
I imagine yeah. we'll get more of him. Yeah, yeah, of uh, course. With how this movie kind of ends. But, um, yeah, really, I think he, he he's a great little antagonist boy. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, he was awesome. And on rewatches, the first time I watched it, my one big complaint was I didn't really think that Rebecca Ferguson was the right choice for Jessica. Yeah. But second watch, I was like, okay, she was good. And then I watched yeah. the that video about the Gom Jabbar scene where he kind of talks about her emotionalness and like how much she like kind of cries and has to compose herself. And it's basically like her battle within herself of like being a human woman and a loving mother, but also being a Bene Gesserit who's supposed to be like this like cold stoic like and that like you just get to see that battle of those two sides within her for the whole movie and yep. she like really kind of crushes it. Like upon this third watch I was like maybe she's like the best person in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's I really I good. I thought she's amazing too, yeah. I honestly that the overall not just not even overall just every single character like every single actor the casting was perfect. Like perfect yeah. casting for every single character in the movie it was all great there was not a single person where i was like eh or like mm. like everyone was so good mm. they played their yeah. roles so well the casting was great i th- we haven't really talked on the music but i think we can all of just course easily say the phenomenal. music is phenomenal so good super 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 Blew good absolutely bone chilling <laughs> oh yeah. so my bones uh, were ice ice cold Ice, just ice, they were ice. crackling ice. almost as much as Viggo Mortensen's bones on the bones set from the his brand. gal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, visuals, acting, music, direction, writing, like every component that makes a film was just spot on. So yeah. yep. Well, uh, this has been a long episode because it's a long movie and there's a lot to talk about. This um, is actually part one of two parts part for one, even two. just the first part of Dune. And then if no. that second part goes well, then uh, we'll release um, Orange Boy's Dune 3 Messiah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> The thing is, too, we absolutely could talk for another hour about this movie. <laughs> it's oh, funny thing. Dude, and it's, it's, it's a problem for me right now socially. Because I'll be hanging out with people and just kind of think, like, have these guys seen Dune yet? <laughs> I'm like, hey, you guys seen Dune yet? And if the answer is no, then I launch into why they should see Dune. And if the answer is yes, we'll talk for a couple hours about Dune. Like, it's like the only thing I want to think about right now. Well, Honestly, yeah, seriously, I saw it. So I got to see it a week early, and then I went on vacation. And I was gone for a week, and the movie hadn't come out yet anyway. But, like, honestly, right after seeing it, and just, like, while I was, like, traveling and everything, I was just like, man, oh, what a good movie. It was just in my mind. I just couldn't wait to rewatch it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, Players, thanks for playing. Um, Ain't that the truth. I hope you have a good week. Haven't seen Dune? Go see it. You have seen it? See it again. It'll be better this time, and uh, we'll see you next time.